The following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. For advertising information or to find more great podcasts, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com and follow us on Twitter at RealTheUnderdog. We got NFL Week 6 Power Rankings. We have the Los Angeles Lakers, the NBA champion. Uh, Sam was on them to begin the season. LeBron James, what does this mean for his legacy? What does it mean for the LeBron and Jordan talk? We're going to get into all that. Uh, a little bit later, you're listening to Sean and Sam on the Functional Sportsaholic. How you doing, Sam? What is up, my brother? Uh, you know, just another week. Um, last week, I was uh, basically just kind of annoyed at my lot in life, but uh, this week, I'm a little bit more chipper. Uh, you know, it helps because with uh, <laughs> with everything I do for the NFL and fantasy football, fantasy football almanac, um, you know, my in-season service, by the way, if you'd like... Uh, fantasy football, computer projections, and all that. I give those away for free. Check the show notes below, but email me at functionalsportsaholic at gmail.com or follow me on Twitter. I'm at TFS underscore Sean. But, you know, the, for the first five weeks of the season, or maybe four weeks, I stayed up till like two or three in the morning every Sunday, you know, basically taking in the game, putting out content and all that stuff. And it was just, I, I was just beating myself to a pulp. So I'm changing my schedule. I didn't do that this week. And I feel, I, I feel like I'm 20, like 25 years old. My body's right. You know, I'm I'm getting through my runs, no problem. I just feel good, man. It's it, sleep is so important, especially sleep when you're in your super important, man. Especially when you're in your upper 30s, or Sam like Sam is perpetually in his mid 30s. Mid 30s, bro. Mid 30s. Sam's 39. I'm 38. Are you 39? Yeah, you're okay. the youngest out of all of our, Am I? our little group. You I are. wasn't sure. I, I thought so, but I couldn't. I couldn't remember. So I'm 38. Brian must have uh, um, just turned gooch. 39. Must have, and uh, Finley, Finley, I think is going to be Finley's the first to break be 40, forty in a few months here. Yep. So I'll be. Um, there will be. Does Finley turn? When is his birthday? Do you know what month he is? Uh, he's uh, January. January. Okay, so he'll turn forty before I turn thirty-nine. Then. Yeah. Uh, he must have gotten held back, Sam. <laughs> he must have. Must have. He I must mean, have been in Florida. You go to kindergarten. If they don't think you're ready for first grade, they'll go to K plus. He must have been a K plus kid. Right. Yeah, anyway. Ah, dude. So we got the full boat. Let's just, um, as we always do, we do the power rankings. So I'm going to rifle through those. Um, and then we'll be back with Sam. So, Sam, you good with that, man? Well, uh, I'll let me just do my thing. We'll bring you right back on. Let's do it, brother. All right. NFL Week 6 Power Rankings. Let's just dig right in. I have 11. I'm going to give you my top 11. But before I do, I always talk about the screen of respect. Uh, look, I have a number of teams on here. In some configuration, these teams have all played each other. They're all basically 3-2 and two or 4-1. Um, and uh, at this point, I want to put all these teams on the list, but I have too many questions. And if I put one, then there's a very strong argument to put the other. So quickly, uh, the six teams, what is going to make me elevate these uh, these teams into the top? Indianapolis Colts. Basically, look, I know the defense. I know they're missing Leonard. This defense is strong. They might be the best in the league. But the offense, man, Phillip Rivers, I thought he was going to have a little bit more of an impact impact than he has had. They're not using really Naheem Hines at all to kind of push some easier first down conversions. Jonathan Taylor, I think he's fantastic. I think they're receiving core because of the injuries. They're hurting. I don't know what's going on at tight end. Basically, they have answer or they have some questions on the offensive side of the ball. They need to answer them to get into the top. The Chicago Bears, I like them. Nick Foles, look, he's played the Indianapolis Colts and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, two very good defenses in his first couple of starts. I want to see Nick Foles break through. I want to see him get that three-touchdown game. They play the Carolina Panthers this week. I think that's going to be a big game for them. Speaking of the Panthers, they're on this list. Um, look, they're a lot better than I thought they'd be, but Bridgewater isn't exactly wowing me. I will say this, the Carolina Panthers defense is better than I thought they'd be. 
They still have some holes to figure out there. Um, offensively, where's DJ Moore? Um, he's completely disappeared. Maybe when Christian McCaffrey comes back off the IR, uh, they'll be a little bit better. But Carolina has some questions for me, so I'm keeping them off right now. But look, the winner of that Chicago versus Carolina game, they will be elevated. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, Tom Brady, you know, probably if he, if he had remembered that there were only four downs, I mean, it's kind of an unfortunate, slightly embarrassing situation there. Uh, they could have beaten the, the Chicago Bears. Honestly, I probably would have ranked uh, Tampa Bay in my top 10 this week, but they lost to the Bears. And so I can't throw the Bucks on this list without throwing the Bears on this list. It just doesn't make any sense. Same th- uh, kind of principle with the New Orleans Saints. New Orleans Saints have beaten the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They're 3-2 uh, and two in spite of not having Michael Thomas since week one of the NFL season. But this offense is just kind of sputtering. The defense doesn't step up in every game. They're winning games against teams kind of a little bit too close. They've fallen down uh, massively to the Chargers and to the um, to the Detroit Lions in recent weeks. They need to play better. I want to see four quarters of football from New Orleans, not just a second half wake up. And the Arizona Cardinals, I think they're very good. But again, you know, you're talking about um, you know other teams in comparison. How do I put the Cardinals on this list and not the Carolina Panthers? I couldn't do that. Uh, Kyler Murray is playing very well. I think they're going to have a nice week this week for sure. And then I think that uh, this defense Defense is playing a lot better uh, than they were last season as well. So the Carolina Panthers, or I'm sorry, the Arizona Cardinals are definitely on my radar. They just didn't crack the list. Let's give it one more week, and these teams can uh, fight their way back in there. But I didn't want to talk about the top 17 teams this week. I wanted to talk about as close to the top 10 as I could get. So with no further ado, let's talk about the top 10 NFL teams for week six, starting with number 11. It's top 10 teams, starting with 11. That's how it goes. That's how this show goes, I guess. It's at 11 teams of week six, starting with number 11, the Las Vegas Raiders. I like this team. I'm a believer in this team. I think the only reason they're three and two is because they were banged up. They were severely banged up for a couple of weeks. They come out, they go toe-to-toe with Kansas City. Kansas City, I don't think, played their best game, but credit the Raiders. And look, when the Raiders have a lead in the fourth quarter, they're tough to beat, man. Jacobs is for real. He runs people over. They bleed out the clock. I like the Raiders. I predicted them to be in the playoffs before the season. I still think they're going to be a playoff team. They're very impressive. Number 10, the New England Patriots, who we didn't see last week. They're 2-2. Two and two. They have the worst record of this team. But look, their losses are to Seattle, and um, who else? The, oh, the Patriots on a, really a controversial kind of couple of calls there uh, at the end of the game. So New England Patriots, I think they're a Super Bowl threat. They didn't have Cam Newton. They still almost beat Kansas City. I think the Patriots coming back. They'll handle Bolt. Uh, I'm sorry. They'll handle Denver this week, and we'll see what happens. But the Can- uh, the New England Patriots defense is strong. They can pass the ball with Cam Newton. They can run the ball with Cam Newton. They can run the ball with ever- whoever else, whether it's Harris, whether it's Sony Michelle, whether it's James White, whether it's Rex Burkhead. They have talent everywhere. They're a team that can be a Super Bowl threat. And if you're a better Get in on them if your future is better because their line is ridiculously um, high-valued for the better. So uh, so check them out. Number nine, Cleveland Browns. Hey, you got to give credit where credit is due. I thought the Indianapolis uh, defense would do exactly what they did to the Cleveland Browns, and I wanted to see, is Baker Mayfield going to be able to get it done? Well, he did, and there is still room for improvement. Plus, the Cleveland Browns defense is strong. I like the Browns. I like the brand of football they're playing, and they play uh, Pittsburgh this week. It's going to be a massive showdown. There are three AFC North uh, teams in my uh, top 11 here this week. Cleveland Browns is the first mention. 4-1, and one, obviously, if they can knock out the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, and hand the Steelers their first loss of the season, then they will improve on that. 
Number eight, the Los Angeles Rams. Their one loss was to the Bills at the very end of the game. Uh, They're running the ball. That's the key difference between 2020 and 2019. And also their defense uh, is is really actually playing very impressive. I had some, some, some questions after they had let Wade Phillips go and they replaced him with kind of like an unproven uh, defensive coach there, but they're playing great football. Uh, they're playing strong against pretty decent competition so far. I like the Rams. Um, they have wins against the Cowboys, which doesn't seem that impressive, but the, at the rate the Cowboys score, that has been good. They have a, a win against the Buffalo Bills, who I think are very good. So congratulations to the, uh, I'm sorry, the loss to the Buffalo Bills, but a very close one could have been a win. Uh, the Rams are a legit Super Bowl threat. The Super Bowl hangover from 2019 is uh, long behind them. Jared Goff with a run game is very dangerous. And uh, and the Rams, man, they're going to be a factor. Number seven, the Buffalo Bills, who did hand the Rams that loss. They dropped to number seven. I was all set to put them as number two in my power rankings, but they lost to the Tennessee Titans, and they lost handedly. Titans had a good game plan. Um, the Bills, you know, they were missing John Brown. Um, they don't, you know, the thing about the Bills, and I like Dable quite a bit as a play caller, but the, the thing about the Bills is that they never seem to integrate the run game early. Uh, it's kind of an afterthought. I think they need to run the ball a little bit more with Devin Singletary, uh, throw a little bit more screen passes, take some of those gimme receptions instead of always pushing the ball downfield. It's nice to be able to push the ball downfield, and I really respect that, but don't do it all the time. I think the uh, the Bills could have been a lot better served to uh, to play a little bit more ball control. Number six, the Tennessee Titans vault up the list. 4-0, limited practice week. They beat the Buffalo Bills, who I respect quite a bit. Um, undefeated, man. And when was the last time they lost in the regular season? Uh, prior to last week, they were the first team, or they were the last team to beat Kansas City uh, prior to the to the Raiders beating Kansas City. Tennessee Titans, Ryan Tannehill, uh, the ball control. They're basically, I think, a year ahead of where I think the Raiders are, who I like quite a bit. They're a team that's built for the playoffs. They went to the AFC Championship last year. It was not a fluke. They're a team built for the playoffs. I like them. Number five on my list, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Unfortunately, Thanks to the COVID stuff, we didn't get to see the Steelers versus the Titans, but uh, we'll get that later in the season, which will be a lot of fun to watch, I'm sure. The Steelers, first time since 1979, everybody, 41 years since they started the season 4-0, which is just ridiculous. But um, here's the deal with the Steelers. Their defense isn't even playing up to their expectations. This team can get a lot better, and they're scoring points. They're an oppressive team, everybody. They're going to be tough to beat, and uh, they might even vault the number four team on my list here, the Baltimore Ravens, who are at 4-1. and one. Baltimore's only lost to Kansas City. Here's my deal. I've been saying it. Like, Lamar Jackson, uh, you're very impressive. Uh, you can run the ball. He might be the best uh, best quarterback to throw into traffic in the NFL. And it sounds like a backhanded compliment, but I'm telling you, watch a lot of Ravens. The dude is always throwing across his body over the middle, and he's always completing passes. I've never seen anything like Every time he lets go of a ball, I'm thinking, oh, boy, that's going to be a pick to the house. And it never happens. Uh, he runs, uh, he can run the ball, uh, the whole Ravens running game with Ingram and Gus Edwards and J.K. Dobbins, who we haven't really even seen featured yet, is strong. The big question is, Baltimore, if they if they are down early, can Lamar Jackson be a strong enough downfield quarterback to, say, close a 14-point gap in the fourth quarter? At this point, he hasn't showed that in his career. That's just being honest. So uh, when the Ravens are playing from ahead, there's nobody better in the league at playing that kind of football. Uh, when they're playing from behind, they have some serious questions, um, or I have some serious questions about them. Number three on the list, look, enough is enough, Kansas City. I want to see you take the regular season seriously. They were 6-4 and four last season before they kicked it into the gear. 
this year. Look, they're four and one, so it's not like the sky is falling, but they're not playing strong. I mean, Kansas City Chiefs fans, you know this. They're not playing as good as they can. The defense isn't playing as strong as they can. The offense isn't playing as strong as they can. It's just kind of like they're just getting through the regular season, trying to stay healthy, and then they expect to turn it on to the playoffs, which is a fine strategy, but for a regular season power rankings, when teams are outplaying them at the moment, I'm sorry, I can't just give you the, the benefit of the doubt anymore. Reigning Super Bowl champions, you show up for the good games. I'm sure they'll show up against Buffalo this week, coming off a loss, playing a really good team. We'll see what happens there. I tend to think the Chiefs will rebound, but I'm sick of them coming out flat against AFC West competition. Play, um, don't you know, only get up for the games that are that are interesting games. Get up for every game. Uh, but we'll see. You know, Kansas City, come on. Are you serious? Like, when they get to the playoffs, is anybody picking against them? I won't be. Uh, number two on my list, Green Bay Packers. They're playing sharp football. They can run the ball. They can pass the ball. Their defense is strong. There really isn't a weakness. Now, I would have said that what would happen when Devontae Adams goes out, like he's the only guy that Aaron Rodgers throws to. Well, what happens is he finds other guys to throw to. The offense, uh, Matt LaFleur, the second year of his system, has really advanced and taken things forward. I'm impressed by everything the Packers have done. Uh, And again, a team that can run the ball and throw the ball and not turn the ball over. Those are very, very hard teams to beat, um, especially when the playoffs come around. This is a team that is used to the cold weather. They're not going to be bad in cold weather. I mean, they play in Green Bay, for crying out loud. They're going to be tough to beat, everybody. And the number one team on my list, the Seattle Seahawks, Russell Wilson, you plug him in on any other team, they either instantly get better or at least stay the same. I think he's probably my uh, 2020 quarter pole MVP. Along with Aaron Rodgers, you can make the argument for. You could also make the argument for Josh Allen, but really for me, it's one guy. It's Russell Wilson. He is just playing incredible football. That comeback victory against Minnesota was impressive. Uh, Now, the defense has to get better, but here's the thing with Seattle's defense is they've had injuries, they've been banged up. They will continue to gel, just as I'm sure the Kansas City Chiefs will continue to gel. The Pittsburgh Steelers will continue to gel. The Tennessee Titans defense will continue to gel. The Buffalo Bills will continue. Everybody in this really, um, I would say, top 11 is very strong. Out of these top 11 teams, I'd say eight have a real shot at winning the Super Bowl. And then even some teams outside of this top 11, like the Saints, like the Bucks, um, you know, they're teams that are really t- built to make a deep playoff run. So a lot of depth at the top of the league. There's a lot of garbage at the bottom as well. Uh, it's going to be interesting. It's, this, is, this is a top feeder, um, uh, you know, top of the food chain type season for the NFL. We've seen a lot of parody in recent seasons. This season's a little bit different. So there you go. There's my uh, 2020 NFL season week six power rankings. All right, everyone, the wait is finally over, and we know it. Football's in full swing. We're a quarter of the way through the season already. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season, from game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props. Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. Now, I like a lot of the games this week. I like Baltimore versus Philly. That line is nice. I like the uh, the Kansas City versus Buffalo. Kansas City coming off a, lo- uh, a loss. That's nice as well. There's plenty of value out there, everyone. Visit betonline.ag. Don't forget to use the promo code PODCAST1 for your sign-up bonus. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. All right, and Sam and I are back, and I want to remind everybody, support for the Functional Sportsaholic is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best In men's below-the-belt grooming, Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. They obsess 
over their technology developments to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. I know there are a lot of people out there. I'll be honest. I've been in that boat. I've used the old dusty razor, probably got a little bit too close than I should have. Then you hop in the shower, and what happens? It feels like you're dipping your coin purse into a volcano with molten lava. It is not pleasant. That's why I I use Manscaped, and that's why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. The Manscaped engineering team spent 18 months perfecting the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created and just released the new and approved Lawn Mower 3.0. The third generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to advanced skin safe technology pioneered by Manscaped. And when I tell you this is premium, everybody, I mean premium. The battery will last up to 90 minutes, so you can take longer to shave. If you need to take your time, pamper yourself, everybody. You got 90 minutes of battery power. The waterproof, Sam, dude, waterproof technology. Are you kidding me? You can take this thing in the shower. That's the best feature, bro. That is the best feature. And if that's not enough, you also have an LED light, which illuminates the grooming areas for a closer and more precise trim. Look, you don't want to be messing around with bad lighting. Manscaped has you covered. They've also upgraded to a 7,000 RPM motor with quiet stroke technology. And let's not forget about the charging stand. Show your mower off loud and proud because this intelligently designed stand is a convenient charging dock powered by USB. If you're listening or if you're watching me speak right now, I want you to experience it firsthand for yourself. Trim that junk of yours. Get 20% off plus free shipping with code SPORTSAHOLIC at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. Everybody, once again, get 20% off and free shipping with the code SPORTSAHOLIC, as in the functional sports log, everybody. It's SPORTSAHOLIC at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use that promo code SPORTSAHOLIC. You can see links. You can see codes. Everything in the show notes below. Check it out. So, Sam, um, yeah, man, so the power rankings. I, I had I had to downgrade Kansas City. I'm sick of it, man. I saw them come out flat against the Chargers. I saw them come out flat against the Las Vegas Raiders. Um, the Raiders punched them in the mouth. They, they're they a little bit healthier. I wasn't shocked that the Raiders put up points. I did think Kansas City would win, but you cannot underestimate the Raiders. And Kansas City, they're just sleepwalking through the season, brother. It's killing me. Well, yeah, and I, I wonder how much of it has to do with, you know, uh, it feels like the season, like, you know, came out in, like, this big bang, and it was like, you know, everyone was just so excited for football again. But now as we're starting to see, like, games being postponed or moved back or pushed around it seems like some teams just kind of like i don't know it just seems like some of the air is like let out of the uh the balloon there yeah and dude i don't know what it is like a a lot of the defenses which you would think what they always say is when training camp opens the defenses are always quote unquote ahead of the offenses the opposite has been true like i thought because of you know no preseason games and all that stuff the defenses had come out and um, and the offenses would be rusty and all that stuff. The opposite is true. We're getting points. We're getting crazy offense from a few people. We have more um, disparity, not parity, disparity between the good and the bad teams. We have a ton of really awful teams, and we have a ton of like four and one teams more than we usually have. Um, usually, you see a lot of three and twos and twos and threes, but we're just getting you know more of the extremes this year. And um, look, a lot of teams have flaws. And I'll say this: Look, Kansas City. When they decide they want to play, we saw it against Baltimore, and I think we could see it again this week against Buffalo. When they decide they want to play, they're still kind of the most lethal offense in the league, but they're just not motivated. You can see it. They're just not playing. The defense isn't playing up to their you know um, potential. They've had they've been banged up in the secondary. That doesn't help. But to me, it's Seattle, it's Kansas City, it's Green Bay, 
It's Buffalo, who just lost last night. Um, Tennessee, honestly, guys, when was the last time they lost a regular season game? Prior to Kansas City losing against the Raiders, Tennessee was the last team to beat um, Kansas City. So Tennessee's for real, everybody. Um, and they beat a very good—they beat down a pretty good Buffalo team with limited practice. Kansas City's for real. Um, you know, there's a handful. I, I would throw Tampa Bay, even though they had, you know, what was kind of an embarrassing loss on Thursday Night Football. Tampa Bay can beat you with defense and offense, and they have quarterback pedigree. There's probably five or six teams that can win the Super Bowl this year. Kansas City being one of them, they're, they're annoying me. Baltimore, of course, is another one. Uh, San Francisco's annoying me. New Orleans is annoying me. So, you know, all these really good teams, it's it's time to step it up, guys. We're, we're a quarter of the way through the season. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> Anyway. Well, who, who 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 do you like? Um, look, I, I'm still sticking with my original Super Bowl uh, prediction, which is the Chiefs, because when when the when the playoffs start. But here's the thing: last year you saw the Chiefs; they didn't even play in the first half in their playoff games. They were down by ten points in the second half in every single playoff game, and then they turned it on. The, the Chiefs need to play with more urgency because they're going to get they're going to get housed this year in the playoffs if they don't come out ready to go. Um, the Ravens, to me, are flawed. Because if they if they start losing, if they're down by two scores in the fourth quarter, Lamar Jackson, as good as he's been, has not proven himself um, able to bring a team back from behind. You know, right. like Josh Allen against the Rams this year. Um, you know when they when they came down, and he had to come back and win a game and all this stuff. It, that's not Lamar Jackson's game. Lamar Jackson is very much a play from ahead type quarterback. Use his feet, run the ball, um, use the the rest of his support, keep the passes short. They're a ball control offense with a great defense and great special teams. And that can grind people down. But the reality is, and they lost to Tennessee last year in the playoffs, that's not a fluke. Like Ryan Tannehill in his career has proven the ability to come back and put up points when they need to and chuck the ball downfield. Lamar Jackson's not there yet. So I'm worried about Baltimore. Kansas City's there. Seattle's there. You put Russell Wilson... On any other team in the league, I think the team gets better outside of maybe Kansas City, who I would stay say the same. I mean, it's 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 to me, it's Mahomes and Wilson. I'm always going to go with the quarterbacks, but matchup wise, Tampa Bay could give Seattle problems in the playoffs. Green Bay, I think, could give Seattle problems in the playoffs. And uh, Kansas City, look, I think Buffalo. Uh, although I think they're going to handle Buffalo coming off the loss, Buffalo can give Kansas City issues. Um, you know, Kansas City gives Baltimore issues. So it's I think it's all how things stack up. Pittsburgh is another dark horse because their defense isn't playing well and they're still undefeated and their offense is playing really well. So right. it's it's a it's a weird wide open season, man. I need to start seeing these teams like play, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, it, it has been really strange this year. It's just bizarre. You know, it's just, it's odd, you know. Again, that's why I was out of the season long contest this year. Um and I'm glad because I've been I've been still playing, you know, just recreationally and, and keeping track of my stuff and right you know i'm not doing awful you know i'm still you know i'm still above the pay line but to to win those competitions you need to be above 60 percent, which historically i am but i was just you know like what do you do with t tennessee and buffalo this week they delay it to tuesday tennessee <laughs> doesn't practice but the line is massive like what the, what in the world do you do <laughs> you know? right. i picked right. tennessee i got it right but come on man like it's, it's wild anyway Let's move it, man. A little feather in your cap, right? The uh, the Los Angeles yeah. Lakers, huh? Yeah, I, you know, I was hoping they were going to finish it in five, but obviously they, they did it in six. So, um, still happy about it, um, just because that was my that was my pick, right? Um, however, I would have liked to see Miami uh, 
win just for a story, but I don't think that was ever really, you know, going to happen. Um, but yeah, incredible. I know those guys, you know, that's a big, uh, big commitment to be basically stuck in a hotel for, you know, 89 days or something like that. Uh, that's tough. Um, so kudos to them. Um, kudos to Miami too for, you know, kind of growing on the job. I mean, they were feisty back before the original shutdown and they came into the bubble and they were the best team in the East. I mean, it, it wasn't fluky. They handled everybody. Right. Yeah. No, I mean, they look really good and they have some stuff to grow on. Um, you know, uh, I, I think they, they obviously exceeded any expectations they have for their team, even at the beginning of the year. I don't think if anyone, you know, maybe thought Miami might scratch, you know, scratch an eighth seed. Um, but to, to get a top five seed and then to go all the way to the finals, um, in this environment is, you know, kudos to them. It's a great, great organization. Yeah, and they, I mean, they ran through, I know the, the Boston series um, was a stretch, right? But the um, the Milwaukee, uh, I mean, they, they, they housed Milwaukee. <clears throat> right, right, so, right. Who, yeah. did they, who, who did Toronto lose to? Was that Miami or was that somebody else? I can't remember who they lost to in their... Boston. Um, oh, that's right, that's right. Yeah, we were talking yeah. about that. Yeah, so then we got, um, you know, LeBron wins his fourth title. Uh, I think it's impressive that he's the unquestioned leader... Although I think, you know, people who are just like analytics kind of focused people, might, you know, might make the argument that statistically uh, Davis is the leader. But I don't buy that for a second. Never right, have. Right, no, LeBron no. is the unquestioned leader behind a, 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 the Cleveland, excuse me, the Cleveland Cavaliers. Um, he was kind of deferring his his championships and originally with uh, Dwayne Wade. But when he finally took the reins there, that's when they started like kind of winning and going. So he's a leader right. with Miami. He's the leader with Cleveland. Goes to L.A. Win or nothing. Um, they get basically Davis, and then all of a sudden they win the finals. Right. Um, and they were streaking last year before the before he got injured, and they then they imploded after he got injured. So you know, legacy wise, and and I know we, you know we we think it's kind of goofy to compare, but you know people like to hear the conversation, so we'll talk about it. <laughs> to me. The finals victories. Here's how I'm how I'm splitting it out. Because you and I, we've talked about this before. We think, you know, Michael Jordan, we've been fortunate enough in our life to live through, in the prime of our lives, Michael Jordan and LeBron James, their runs. Right. Right? We remember right. them. We were watching them as, as you know, preteens, the, the Jordan era, into our teenage years. And now we we followed LeBron. Sam, I remember watching that um, that high school game with LeBron James that they aired on ESPN. You remember all those years ago? Yeah, yeah, yeah. With Dickie B and Jay Billis calling the game. Yeah. yeah. So like, like I mean, we've we're we're fans of both of them. Um, and I think you know, as us kind of being in our upper thirties, probably that that thirty-five to forty-five year old range mm-hmm. can really dive in and compare these because it's like you know, there's no bias. We just liked them both. Right. Here's how I break it down. Michael Jordan, if 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 there was some scenario where somebody said, "Hey, your life depends on um, winning one game," okay, and it's a one-on-one matchup, Michael Jordan versus LeBron James. I know LeBron James is physically imposing. I'm going to take Michael Jordan. Right. If I got to have it, Michael Jordan's the guy. Okay, yeah, for sure, for sure. And um, and the finals teams look. Michael Jordan had Scottie Pippen, who we've talked about at length on this show. I'm a little bit higher on him historically than you are, and I mean a little bit, because both of us think <clears throat> he's probably the most, as decorated as he is, the most underrated player in NBA history because of right. Michael Jordan. Right, He's right, right. fantastic, right? You got Rodman in the second three. 
Um, you got Horace Grant and uh, and Cartwright in the first three. Those Chicago and Phil Jackson coaching. Those Chicago Bulls teams were amazing teams. LeBron James won with a lot of garbage in Cleveland for years. He finally had Kyrie when he broke through with Cleveland in his second stint there. Right. Look, Jordan had the teams, and he was a great leader for those teams, and those teams responded to his leadership. So the way I look at it is the finals victories for LeBron James, to me, are more impressive because those Bulls teams were so good. So good. But the body of work— And well-coached. You know, yeah. if you think about the coaches that LeBron's have, you know, my, you know, obviously Spo, but, you know, Tyron Lue, um, which is, you know, he's a good, you know, young coach, but that's not the reason they won games was because Ty Lue was calling up, you know, ATOs and, and you know, out of bounds plays. Um, this year, Frank Vogel, I mean, Frank Vogel was fired by the Orlando Magic last year, you know, so it's not like. Yeah. It's not like these uh, um, these coaches are, are a Phil Jackson, yeah. you know, uh, level. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I totally agree with you there. You know, besides just the, you know, frontline players, you know, you go all the way to the coaches and stuff. And it's, it's you know, LeBron has definitely done more with, with less. Not only that, let's look at, <clears throat> let's look at who he has beaten. In terms of like like his teams, in terms of coaching, because I think that's a good angle too. Uh, LeBron James has beaten Greg Popovich in the finals, who is right. outside of Phil Jackson is probably one of the best coaches right ever. Right, right, right. He's right. beaten Steve Kerr in the finals, um, who I, I think is you know it, it, the body of work is still open, but I think he's a fantastic coach. Obviously groomed underneath Popovich and, and Phil Jackson. So he's, you know, kind of bringing in different concepts. And he beat Spolstra, who I think is a very good coach. I know he was new and, and fresh back when LeBron, so you can say, well, you can't say he beat LeBron, cause, you know, you can't say he beat the coach when he was coached by that person. But Spolstra was right. young, you know? Now right, he's inexperienced, right, right. he's kind of a grizzled veteran. Back then he was kind of young, still a little bit learning on the job, but still a good, I think underrated back then. But Spolstra, mm-hmm. I like him more now than when LeBron had him, is what I'm saying. Right, right, right. No, I agree. So, like, again, you know, the finals victories are more impressive, and I don't care what his finals record is because, again, look at the teams. You know, like, do I think that that Michael Jordan would have been undefeated in the finals with that Kyrie Irving Cavaliers team? (laughs) I don't think he would have been undefeated, okay? Look, Indiana, the Indiana Pacers, who I think were the best team he ever played during the stretch in his own conference— Right. Was probably, in my opinion, back then the best team, the best challenge. It wasn't the Utah Jazz. It wasn't the Lakers, an aging Lakers team. It wasn't the Trailblazers or the Supersonics. It was the Indiana Pacers in the second um, trifecta that they put up there. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. LeBron James, like, had nothing. But what does impress me more about Jordan is the body of work that he did. Is he right. was super efficient with his time in the NBA. And if he didn't retire, he wins seven, definitely. Maybe eight. I don't know. I think maybe that second Houston Rockets team could have maybe given him some problems. Maybe. Maybe. And then also if the Bulls didn't break up. Like, yes. And they were going into a lockout year with only 50-something games. Like, you know, that would have been a prime thing if they would have been able to bring all their people back. A yeah. prime thing for an older team. You know, we, we forget that LeBron, I mean, Michael retired for the second time at 34. Yeah, right. You know, it wasn't like he was, you know— Super, super old, you know, so it's just, it's, you know, it's different. 
Yeah, and um, you know Phil Jackson, of course, he went over to the to the Lakers, and then they had their run with Shaq and Kobe. Um, you're right, man. If they if they had just kept that team together, they probably, especially if they'd kept Phil, because the Lakers needed Phil. If they had right. kept that together, I think that we probably would have, you know, if Shaq and Kobe were too good to not break through at some point. But right. um, you know, the Lakers and the Bulls probably would have faced off, and I think the Bulls would have handled them. If Phil was on, um, you know, still with the Bulls. So, uh, yeah, look, I mean, what Le- or what Jordan did with his time and his ability and his sheer will to win, uh, it was special. And I don't think we're ever going to see that again. And LeBron's different. But what we're going to get with LeBron is I think he's going to play clear into his 40s. Right. You know? And so the body of work is going to be so strong. It's almost like what we're seeing with Tom Brady, you know, mm-hmm. and maybe Drew Brees to a lesser extent, is you play long, um, it, it, with actually with Tom Brady, I see parallels for both of them because, um, you know, Jordan had the team and Jordan had Phil Jackson and Tom Brady right. had the team and Tom Brady had Bill Belichick. Right. Meanwhile, um, on the other hand, you get the longevity, right? So LeBron's okay. going to have the longevity and he's going to put so many records behind him, assuming that he right. can play full seasons and then the game, you know, seasons stop getting played like half seasons and stuff. But, right, right, right. you know, it, odds are if he plays as long, he keeps because he doesn't look like he's deteriorating physically with what he does with his, with his body and everything. No. And I mean, they obviously, you know, coasted in the very the play in games. They just they they wanted to win one game and lock it up. And they played they played pretty bad. Mm-hmm. And people are like, "Whoa, what's going on with the Lakers? Well, LeBron was playing 20 minutes a game. Right. Um, they, you know, <laughs> like they need to, you know, the, this guy's not stupid. He plays the long game. Yeah. He's been playing the long game for a really long time. Obviously, he's been taking care of his body. Ridiculous. You know, yeah. um, you know, so I, I, I could see him continuing to play because, dude, he was obviously the best player on the floor. Right. At 35, I get it, Anthony Davis, yeah, but LeBron, the way that he controls everything, he could put his shoulder down and go to the basket and probably score every time, but that's not what they need, and that's not what's going to spread the thing out and mm-hmm. do everything. He was taking a bunch of crap for passing up that shot at the end of game five, right? but that was the right play. And that's you know? that's and LeBron. That he right always makes smart. the right play, you know? Right, and so people were killing him. They're like, oh, Michael would have shot that, and Kobe. Would. I was like, no, no, they wouldn't. No, did you see Kobe? Michael Kobe might have. The... Kobe might right. have. But Kobe also passed out to Robert Ory. Okay. Kobe also passed out to Lamar Odom. All right. Kobe also passed out to Ron Artest to win a game seven. Uh um, you mean so Meta World Peace? <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry, Meta Meta World Peace. <laughs> so, people that make that argument, it's like, no, you, you're you're. You're looking it's revisionist, at it now yeah. Of, right. It's revisionist right. history, and bottom line is, yeah. look, if if Paxton doesn't hit the shot, if Kerr doesn't hit the shot, um, you know, Odom or whoever, Ori, if they don't hit the shot, then then you know it, it isn't that. But because they hit the shot and they won the finals and they won the championships, I, we we saw this all the time with the first Cleveland um, Cavaliers stint. Is he would right. he would kick it out, he'd be triple covered, he'd kick it out and somebody would brick a shot. It happened all the time. That's what I'm right. saying, like his teams were mostly garbage. And if the guy hits the shot, then everybody's, you know, everyone wants to puff their chest out and say that he can't win games. He's won a fair amount of games in his history. Exactly. All right? Exactly. Big games. He's made big shots, all right? Exactly. So, whatever. Like, stop that. That's stop that talk. Yeah, it's, it's Yeah, and um 
Look, you know, like Magic Johnson, like he was, don't you remember Kareem, you know, hitting mm-hmm. some sky hooks and stuff? Like, like he can't be, he can't be on the, the Kobe stuff. Look, God rest his soul, right? Kobe stuff. Come on. Are, are we really, right. are we really still talking about LeBron Kobe? Are we really doing that? Right. Really? No, come on. No, that's, that's, come even on. Be a, that shouldn't even be a thing. <laughs> Look, Kobe's an all time great. Don't get me wrong, but I don't think he'd be in my top five. Would he be in yours? No, prob- no, no, not top five. He's no. a, I would say Lakers fans. He's in top five. Um, you know, for well, Lakers course. fans, right? But of course, I'm not talking about all time Lakers either. I think I think it, like Lakers fans would probably put Jordan one and Kobe two. You know, that's right. that's just how they are. But in reality, right. like if I were to rank just off the top of my head, I'd have Jordan one, I'd have LeBron two, and you're splitting hairs here. Um, then I'd look at guys. You know, I'd look at the Bird thing, but it, it, the Bird kind of bugs me a little bit because of his. Look, I mean, he was great on the floor. So how do you measure that? Because he didn't play that long, you know? Right. He was hurt. He was really banged up by the end of his career. Right. Because he laid the foundation for his own driveway. Um, did you see that? Did you see the, the HBO thing with him and Magic or whatever? He, yeah. he Like, he, he built it like his mom's driveway or something like that. Tweaked his back <laughs> and it ended his career, ultimately. Yeah. But, um, no, like, Bird obviously is great on the court. But, you know, Duncan... Look, he's not the sexiest player, but I mean, the dude was productive for so long. Carl Malone was good, but I wouldn't put him in there. So it's like, you know, how do you put these? How do you rank these guys? Johnson would be there for me. I'd probably throw Bird in there. That's more my personal bias. Right, right. But I'd put Johnson ahead of Bird. You know, maybe you could start talking about Kobe after that, but I don't know. Dirty Dirk, Dirty Dirk. I mean, yeah, and it's it's hard. You know, uh, some people have benefited from. You know, sometimes we do the regency buys and then sometimes we don't do recency and like guys like are are more immortalized the the farther they've been they've been away. Yeah. And, you know, um Kobe's a great player, but he's not you know, he's not he's not up there with LeBron and Michael. No. You know, I don't like the comparison because I feel like LeBron and Michael are two different players, mm-hmm. but um they are obviously one and two. Um, I will always take Michael just first because that was my error and that's what I grew up in. And I feel like he just had that a little bit more, but I mean, LeBron's a better basketball player. I mean, all around, I think LeBron is a better basketball player. Um, obviously has benefited from the, you know, the things that we have, you know, body sciences and all that body science, the chamber that he sleeps in the you know the full team that he has with him all the time um so you know it's but you know what in 20 30 years we're gonna have somebody else that's gonna even be more you know geared in than lebron is you know and yeah that's just the way it's gonna go in life and the reality is 20 30 years from now the people that are having these conversations won't have seen jordan so it'd be like me comparing to michael jordan to wilt chamberlain you know what the hell do right, I know right, about right. Will Chamberlain? You know, so yeah. it's it, it it is it's it's eras and it's all that stuff. But you know, again, having watched both of them as closely as we have um, in our lives, I mean, we basically went from one to the other. We might have had a little bit of gap in between them, but right. um, yeah, dude, like it's it's it, two different things, two different players. You know, Michael Jordan after a game, he'd have a cigar and a scotch. <laughs> <laughs> LeBron right, right. after a game, he'd have some acupuncture and some stretching. It's it's mm-hmm. different, but sheer. It, you know, if you could create like some kind of computer, um, you know, simulation or whatever like that, and it's you can't really 
program sheer force of will in an accurate way. But I, you know, I would take the Bulls team, the Bulls teams over any of the teams that LeBron brought to the finals. Uh-huh. And and you know if you could take LeBron and his best coach versus Jordan and you know the, especially the second stint of the Lakers the ones that were winning seventy games every year with Rodman and all that they didn't have a weakness yeah. they didn't no you're, no I know. they had Ku coach off the bench like Europe's all time best player off the bench right. right yeah I mean I I take Jordan into those things but if you're comparing players man you know you know what's going to happen over the next six years LeBron's going to put all of the statistical records into the dust. And right. all of the people who are younger than us that never really remembered or seen, have seen Jordan, they're all going to say mm-hmm. LeBron. And you're not going to really be able to argue with them. Like, can you argue Tom Brady versus Joe Montana, you know, no. based on a number of Super Bowls and wins and all that stuff? Uh, you know, no. I can still tell you the, the most impressive quarterback play I have ever seen um, was the year that Peyton Manning lost the Super Bowl to the New Orleans Saints. You know, right. and that just goes to show you, man, to, like championships, a lot of stuff has to fall right, no matter the sport. Yep. They have to fall yep. right. The circumstances, you need the coaching, you need the support and all that stuff. And Peyton Manning would have won that Super Bowl if Hank Basket had, <laughs> had secured an onside kick, a surprise onside. It, it, they weren't, the Colts weren't even surprised by it. Hank Basket just biffed it. Right, and because right. Hank Basket biffed that, think about this. If Hank Basket had not biffed that onside kick, Peyton Manning would have had two Super Bowls, would have had the most, at that point, the most statistically impressive season of all time. Mm-hmm. And, um, and you know, his record, I believe his record in championship games over Brady is a winning record. Maybe not in the playoffs, but I believe in the AFC championship games, he has a winning record over Brady, thanks to the what he did with the Broncos. So that just shows right. you, man, Hank Baskett has messed with Peyton Manning's legacy. And of course, you know, with Tom Brady playing like an extra 15 years or whatever he's going to play, that kind of puts it away too, so... Yeah, for sure. All right, man. I think we can end the episode there. You got anything for the... Good uh, stuff, brother. Yeah, man. You got anything for the crowd before we head out? Nah, man. Everyone be good, man. Yeah, now that the NBA season is going to be... I don't know when we're going to get it back, but uh, I think next week... We're (laughs) we're going to talk about treasure hunting next week, Sam. I've had that on my list of stuff to talk about for a while. Treasure hunting. But anyway, yeah. Uh, Hey, everybody, uh, have a great week. Go out. Be good. Be good. Welcome, to, Welcome the to the podcast. Functional sports are all it. Sam and Sean, too, they be. Sports in real life, they got real lives. Better tune in every week. Don't miss the podcast. Cause you might get put on blast. And you know just what we call it. Functional sports are Yeah. Yo, sport addicts with real lives, talking about real life, they real nice. Going cray on the Netflix late nights, and they build an NBA, keeping the game tight. Repping the 407, Old Town, and nine fours when they met, now they hold it down. Talking life, talking real social issues, all lighthearted, so don't bring your tissues. And don't talk stupid, cause Sean might lose it. You love sports, this podcast strikes like Cupid. Taking road trips, why not just for kicks? Sean going global, you know why, YOLO And don't get him started on Gooch Givens They here to spit knowledge, no time for the dishes Aging like a fine wine, sipping in the kitchen Gray in the beard, got wisdom, so listen Functional sports are all Sam and Sean, who they be Sports in real life, they got real lives Better tune in every week, don't miss the podcast Cause you might get put on blast And you know
professional sports holic. 